Hey, yo, Rick. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> hey, it's your pals back again with another installment of the Pals Podcast. This week, we had- Well, who Sh- are you? I don't even know who you are. I'm Ricky Liorti. I'm George Boutsalis. And this week, <laughs> we had our boy, Shaw Claire on. If you don't remember Shaw Claire, he had some crazy bangers from the late 90s. Let's ride being every probably everyone's anthem back there. He's a Canadian hip-hop legend, helped shape- the hip hop industry in Canada. So mad shout outs to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he gave us some some real deep thoughts and how he likes to get inspiration and kind of how he, uh, you know, the, where he gets inspiration from in different different uh, people and places and events. Like he, he thinks very uh, about music in a, in a very artistic, creative way, which is really cool. It was a fun conversation. Also, he's got a song out. New banger. Backdraft with Classified. Check it out. The link's in the bio. Rick, who's our sponsor? <laughs> a big shout out to our sponsor, Stephen Leanvis Real Estate. He's one of the top producing realtors in the GTA. Again, if you need anything, buy, sell, lease, he's there to help guide you through every step of the way. So check him out at Homes by Stephen or online at homesbystephen.ca. And Georgie, let's ride. <laughs> Well, Shaw Claire, welcome to the Palace Podcast. What's up? What's up? How you doing, man? How <laughs> you guys doing? We're, we're, we're great. Yeah, we're great. great. Yeah, it's great to be here. Great to be here. Yeah, thank man. You, thank you. Shout out Pooplin for setting this up, Andrew. Great. What yeah. up, Pooplin? <laughs> How you doing, brother? Haven't seen you in a while. Yo, come and say what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Poop's a good dude. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll jump right into it. We want to ask about Let's Ride. That was when we were younger. That was probably like our anthem. That was I think everybody's anthem in yeah. Canada, right? Like huge it's a banger. Banger. So. Where did, how'd you come up with it? How did everything, tell us everything. Uh, pretty much, okay, so um, before it shut down, um, we, I think me and Socks and Cardi, we used to always run around with each other all the time, um, how we came up, and uh, we were there, and I remember we were in the parking lot, oh, good enough. Uh, and then we were in the parking lot, and uh, we were listening to beats on a cassette, uh, you know, like in, in the whip. And we were just listening to it. And uh, Cardi always calls me Latte for Chocolate. So he'd be like, yo, Latte. And he, we were playing beats. And uh, he played that one beat. I said, I like this one. And then he goes, oh, it's a little bit faster. You think it's too fast for you? And I was like, nah, man, it's not fast at all. And then he goes to Socks. He goes, um, okay, well, if Shaq's going to go and record on this track, make sure Socks, you're in there to make sure there's no voiceover, whatever, whatever going on. And whichever. And that's why, which is funny, uh, it was like an inside joke for us, but that's why Socks is on the front of the track. Uh, yes, uh, when a girl wanted to ride, what did he do? Because he was there at the studio when we did it. Cardi was like kind of, you know, challenging me to go and sit there and do something great on that beat. And, uh, and we ended up coming up with something extremely great on the beat. And he produced it and it all started. And we did it like two years before the song actually came out. I remember um, the record company would tell me, don't put it out. I don't know. I don't care whatever you're going to do right now. Don't put that out. Just wait. And then we waited and we got little X go and do the video shoot and everything like that. And that was two years later. But that song we recorded in 97, came out in 99. And it was Cardi because he thought I wasn't going to be able to be quick enough to catch up on the So beat. that that was on the album Ice Cold that yeah. won, a, I think, two Junos. 
Ah, uh, it's got a few on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what? What was? Like, uh, we've talked to us. We had other musicians. What's it like to sit on a record like that? Like you, when you recorded, you must have known this is a banger. This yeah. is this is this is a hit. What's it like to sit on that for two years? <sighs> it's weird because. You know what, with, with a lot of artists, and I know a lot of artists out there, they're going to probably uh, relate with this. It's like you do like so many songs. Like when you go in the studio and then you leave, you're like, you think that one song that you did is like, yeah, I want to get it out right now or whatever. And then, you know, but then when you get a chance to go and assess it and sit there and look at it and you're balancing on other songs that you do. Um, but sitting on a song like that and then being told because somebody, which was the A&R, Russ Hergert, big up to Russ Hergert, uh, um, uh, NR is like saying like just wait on that so we know he likes it you know he has uh, a vision for it I already had a vision for it but now I gotta wait for his vision so sitting on it it's like ah, you know like yeah. just like yeah. you're just inside it's just like everything is like whichever and then all the possibilities of what could be and what can be and whatever like that and if it turns out right or whatever it's a little bit, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, I'm sitting on something and somebody said they're going to do something and you're, you know, you're waiting for them to go and do something like that. So uh, it was, um, it was a little bit nerve wracking, but um, everything that he said that he wanted to do and he did do it and it became the video and Little X did it. They spent, man, a shitload of money on the video, <laughs> uh, which I have to go and recoup. Uh, which I have, but uh, still at the moment. Um, but it was uh, it was just like crazy, and the fact that everybody really believed in the track. They really made it to a point where everybody believed in the track, and I couldn't really feel so negative about it because everybody was like, "Just let us give us a time to whatever, whatever they need." Let, let to us do. do our magic, and let us do our magic, and then they did the magic, and it worked out perfectly. And uh, so, big up to uh, Russ Hergert, um, everybody at Virgin, and uh, and everything like that. EMI, what's up? word <laughs> that's uh so when you say two you're waiting on two years because like to ricky's point other artists have told us the same thing you know you know you make an album and you wait for a year or you make a, a song that you're like oh this is a hit but i gotta sit on it does the record label say okay you know what like in 97 when you made it do they say okay shock we gotta wait till 99 to release it or is it just like we're gonna release it later so do you not really know when it's gonna release like I guess what I'm asking is like, do you know it's going to be two years, or is it just like okay, we're going to save it for a while and you have to kind of wait? You know what? You're kind of like sitting there um, when it comes into the labels because labels they, they, they whatever their priority is. Like you know, all of a sudden there's a new J Lo record. If she's signed to your label, um, then J Lo's coming, and then they're going to stop You're the, on train the back and everything yeah. because J Lo or uh, uh, Celine Dion or somebody, whoever, Janet yeah. Jackson, somebody's coming. And then you just irks to the side. Yeah. Like you, you gotta get the you gotta get the quick irks. The irks. You just get it pushed <laughs> the on. Quick irks. Yeah, like that's just that's what happens, right? You know. And um, but like when they go and they sit there and they talk to you and they say like, yeah, you know, whatever. And I was uh, I was new in the business. I was brand new. I did everything independent, so I knew how to do it independent. But I didn't know how the major, you know, like, like how, process and po all the stuff they do kind of thing. Yeah. All the stuff they yeah. do. Exactly. And so you don't really know how that works. And, uh, but what they said that they were going to do, they did. And then when the machine jumped in, it was great. Um, and, and it was, good. but like sitting there waiting on it and we're like, yeah, okay, we got this song here. We got this song here. We've already got a couple of Junos under our belt. We're doing this. We're just coming off doing Northern Touch with the Rascals and all this stuff. And they're like, just wait, just wait. And we're like, no, the iron's hot. Strike when the iron's hot. Wait, please, wait. No, the iron's hot. Wait, please, wait, please. No, the iron's hot. And then you go and you take the counseling and then you're like, okay, all right. 
and they followed through on everything that they did and they made uh the single the single was like man it came out in september and it was still on the charts in the top 10 uh in february uh, wow. of 1999 like so it just ran it that's why rubbing uh which was the next single took so long to come because let's ride just wouldn't get off the chart i'm not I'm it mad riding it was just riding on the chart <laughs> they're like it's still on the chart why are we going to release another one right now i'm like just release it they're like yeah just let it go and do whatever and then by like around i think it was may or so and then we did rubbing and that came out for the summer of 2000 and uh but it was great like you know like uh yeah it 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 sucks because you want your music to get out there uh and um i'm not saying everybody just like blindly go and uh trust everybody or whatever but there's some people that have ideas and thoughts and whatever and to a degree you got to trust if you're going to work with them you got to trust their thoughts yeah um and that's what we did and uh and it worked out really great but yeah, yeah. That, that's awesome and uh, like i said before we've had other our musicians that have sat on these records and we asked them like how do you just when you know it's a hit there's some that you're like, okay, you know, we're going to fill the album. We're going to put this one or that one. But when you know it's a hit, it's got to just be so like hard. But then, especially for an independent, you were independent before this album, I guess, Ice Cold. Yeah. So it's even probably even harder for you because you were just used to doing it however you wanted to do it or however your, your team wanted to do it. Now it's like you got to listen to somebody else say, no, listen to us. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, it's crazy because even now, like even now, like there's things that I just want to get out like yesterday like i did it yesterday so like i'm like You're ready retroactive like okay i did it yesterday <laughs> but pretend we did it thursday and put it out friday um, you know what i mean um but you know you got to just kind of go and plan for it and just go in um uh you know just kind of you know just make sure that people go and, and are able to accept it in a in a in a, in a great yeah. way uh so yeah but like as an artist you know like you want to create today and make people see it tomorrow um and that's just i think with it's not even just even music it's just i think with anything creative like you could be a painter or or whatever you could be designing the brand new infinity car or something like that you want them to see it right away but it's uh and as a creative and a and a a creator uh that's sort of the things that you go when you see and you want to go and do and um that's the same thing for me like if i record a song last night I'm like, yeah, this should come out tomorrow. Yeah, um, for everybody because it, we just believe in what we're doing and and we enjoy it. And um, but uh, yeah, but then you need stable minds behind you to go and be like, okay, yeah, let's think a little bit. Let's go and figure this out and make sure this works out. And however, whatever, and and then it goes. So you know, and it, have like it's a good bigger. To have, someone's gonna have the bigger vision, like the plan. I mean, I'm sure you probably have a vision of where you want to get to. But obviously, I guess in this industry, I mean, I don't know it well, but there's got to be, you know, it's super competitive. A lot of people want to get into it, and I guess the brands kind of know. I'm sure you probably think, oh, I know better than these guys do. Like I know what my brand is, but they must be able to say, okay, if we want to get him here, like we got to do these steps, and there's a there's a plan in place to get there, and they got to kind of. And sometimes, they, yeah, and sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes it's like, you know, you agree, you disagree, whatever. But like you just got to go and put into your mind frame that um, you know, like they're looking for your best interest in whatever, and then you just kind of, and then you guys butt heads figure it out whatever however you figure it out you figure it out and then it just kind of goes into where it goes uh but definitely like i i go in the studio like i go in the studio um and record a bunch of songs and i'm like this should be out tomorrow like yo, package it up wrap it up i don't know <laughs> go whatever put it on uh, itunes tomorrow 
and this is something forget about mixing and mastering it just send it out just how it is <laughs> we're like no no hold on we need people to hear this asap asap yeah and uh you know but uh you're, you're secretly heads. leaking your own music eh? yeah <laughs> smarter heads come in and then we figure it out but uh yeah but uh as a creator as somebody that creates stuff yeah you always just want you want yeah. people to go and uh, check out your music and one of the things is the coolest thing um when i meet a lot of artists here and there and um doing the shows and stuff like that what we do is um i always tell them it's like you know like the best part of doing the music like recording and being in the studio and doing all that that's the work yeah you know you're there from 7 p.m till 5 a.m that's the work when you're there and they're saying change your line or you think that you said your lyric properly and whatever and they're like ah yeah go back in and say it again that's the work because then you get frustrated like you're like oh my gosh like yo that wasn't good what, what do you mean that that wasn't good but then when you get to go once the work is done and you get to go and go on stage and perform it and then you watch people sing back your words that's the fun that's yeah. the great part and if you don't do that work then nobody's singing out there yeah so um that's the one part that i appreciate because even like last night like i'm doing songs like rubbing or let's ride or whatever or turn it or light it up and I don't even have to say anything. Like, they're really Everybody like... Everybody knows I, it. Yeah, I'm just like... I just have the mic out there. Like, I'm like, oh, shoot. I'm getting paid to lip sync. Yeah. Because <laughs> the whole crowd is singing the song and it, it doesn't matter. And um, uh, But like, but that's the fun part. So that's when you put all that work in it. When you go up on stage, that's the fun part. And you go... And that's the part that you really enjoy. Well, talking about the fun part and performing being that, what are some of your favorite shows you've performed over your career? Are there some that really stand out or some places where, you know, this venue is my favorite venue? Oh, there's, there's, there's so many. Um, like, if I, got, if I got to try and figure out and pick one. I okay, give gonna, us your top three. Top three. Uh, okay, it won't be in an, it won't in be order, in an yeah. order, but I remember doing, touring with Gangstar. Like, you know, and I'm a fan of Gangstar and I'm like, and then they sampled me and, um, you know, my steez. And so they, um, they had me in their record. So now I'm in the record. I'm a fan. They used me in their sample and now I'm touring with them. Like, you know, like what guru rest in peace. Um, you know, like, uh, yeah. Like what, what, what is, yeah, what else? Than that? Yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, going in Maine. I remember we did like a outdoor concert and it was Ghostface and method man oh, wow. in Maine. And, and it was crazy because they put this weird band up. Okay, so I'm showing a, a little bit of a story. So they put this weird band up. I don't know what it was. And then people were throwing mud, like mud, like divots, like from your new golf. Throwing these things at the crowd. I don't know who. It was, Method, uh, it was the Wu-Tang's manager. I don't know who told them that I was the guy to go out there. So I go out there and tell everybody, stop throwing things. But they don't know me from nothing. They could have threw everything at me. And they're like telling me to go and tell these guys whatever. Somehow they listened to me. And at some reason, I was the next one. They're like, yeah, and oh, yo, you're on next. <laughs> so now I'm like, I'm up here trying to peace keep. And then I have to go and sit there and, yo, DJ, go and get your stuff. Here. We got to go and do our stuff. Go and get the stuff. And then he's over there and he's like, chuku, 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 chuku. And we're testing sound as I'm telling people, don't throw shit on stage. Yeah. And I'm there and Method Man and Red Man are like, uh, Method Man and Ghostface are like backstage. And they're just watching me, like watching me do shit. And I don't know what I'm doing. 
I, I'm like, yo. And then we go out there and then we just rock the show. And then they come out right afterwards. Uh, so I forget where I was going with it, but yeah. like those are, that's a real cool situation. I remember going in Germany. I saw Flavor Flay, Public Enemy was there and oh, wow. uh, uh, rest in peace to James Brown. I remember he had his James Brown glove just out of the window of the limo. You just knew it. All you heard was, ha, 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 ha. And he's just <laughs> driving by and his hands out the window. I was like, yo, that's James Brown. He's like, yeah. And then he went on stage and then we chill. Like, Come on. Yeah, like there's so much. Like even 50 Cent at the old um, the Scotiabank Theater. Uh, it used to be called ACC. Palladium or whatever yeah. it's called. Um, I don't know what it's called now, but it used to be a big club, Circa. Circa, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was 50, 50 Cent. The escalators inside. The yeah, escalators yeah. inside. Club. And then I'm doing a show with 50 Cent over there. I'm doing one with Snoop over here. I'm doing, like, you know, like, I, it's hard. I can't pick the top because all the experiences are just different in right. their own way. And um, there's always a little, real cool caveat of something that made that show even better just because, I don't know. Uh, Snoop dropped his wallet and then I'm like picking it up and I'm like, yo, Snoop, I got your shit right here. And he's like, yeah, Sha Cleasy, what the fuck? Well, and I give him his wallet and I'm like, yo, I just didn't want you to lose it. And then, so that's a really great experience for me because I picked up his wallet. Yeah. He could have lost his shit, but I hated it. So I guess that's, I guess what we kind of grab from that is like for you, it's not really like, or maybe part of it is the venue but the ones that really stand out to you are something that like like you said something that some caveat or some random thing that happened in the show that kind of stuck with you it's always it's always gonna be uh, the shows are the shows because you just get so programmed so you're just like show night like if let's just say your show starts at 9 o'clock every day so by 7.30 you're in program to 8 and you're in program 8.30 you're in program you know okay I'm going on stage and do that but everything that falls outside of the program that associates itself to the show like people throwing mud <laughs> be, being the, uh, the middle mud, mud. <laughs> yeah you know I don't know all of a sudden I get uh, a, a red rose with a panty around it like <laughs> that's not part of the program that wasn't part of the program <laughs> and it, at least it was clean but uh, <laughs> but like it's like okay that that wasn't part of the program that's just random stuff that just happened and it's it's the randoms that make it better because when you're just going for it like you just get in mode you know like it's just whatever you get in your thing whatever you do however you set yourself up if whether you're quiet like i used to go on when i was on the road with uh um from the roots and he would just sit there we'd be on the bus he'd just sit there just sit there not say not one word not one word he'd just sit there and you'd think he's upset with somebody or something that's just his Pro pre uh, pre show mode. He just yeah. sits there. He's just he saves his voice because I guess he does a lot of beatboxing and maybe that's a big out on his voice. He just sits there. You, from if we're on if we're on at nine seven thirty till nine, he don't talk to him. He don't don't say anything to him, like because he's in his he's in his situation, um, you know. And so and uh, however everybody does it on their own, that's one thing. But um, it's the random. It's like somebody knocking at the door and they bringing up. Uh, 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 weed all the way compressed but looking like a cobra and then so I have a cobra weed sitting there right there and I'm like okay what do I do with this like how do I even smoke it like you break off the tail you break a piece you break a piece you break a piece and it's like so those are the randoms and those are the things that make it um, very much pleasurable yeah, memorable because, yeah. yeah you know because it's like oh yeah I remember we were over in here and I remember I when I was first started smoking weed I was in Amsterdam and it's the mom and the two daughters. 
I never smoked weed with a mom and two daughters before. <laughs> I did in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're going to remember place, that one, eh? Yeah, I remember. And then they're cool. They still hit me up till today. They're like, hey, what's up? It's your friends from Amsterdam. Remember you were over here with Mixmaster Mike and Razel and whatever. Remember we smoked in? It was the mom and two. And I just started smoking. Like I was like, if I'm going to be in Amsterdam, if I'm going to do it, try yeah. anything, let me try it over here. And uh, yep. And that it was me and the mom. And we're still, we're still the two daughters and her. Keep in touch still. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Came, uh, yeah, we still stay in touch. And, um, and it's cool. And that's the randoms that make the yeah. situations different. You know, the show nights, you just get in yeah. program. The program's yeah. the program, but it's what happens, it's what happens before, all, after, or during that. It's unexpected. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's the great stuff because, yeah, that's just how it is. Who's been, uh, of the people you've kind of, you, you brought some names up, you know, uh, that, you've, that you've toured with or played with. Who's one guy or, or one guy, one girl, whatever, one one artist that you got to perform with um, or meet performing that left a real memorable impression on you? As far as performance, um, mm, that's a good one because there's a few of them out there. Performance and personally. Personally, one of the ones is definitely going to be Oh Dirty Bastard. Uh, ODB. Yeah. I remember I bought that. I had my mom buy me that record when I was, I don't know, like, seven or something Explicit, you couldn't buy that yeah, I couldn't buy it. <laughs> walked into uh, was that those HMV? Rec- HMV that's ah, it HMV what is yeah. HMV stands for home movies and videos is that what it is I, I don't know no idea I don't know I remember that going along the purple sign that's crazy yeah. that's a guy I went into you go to the mall, you go in the mall you walk Yorkdale. in get like a record and those are just gone yeah I used to go to Yorkdale and buy it right before the subway at Yorkdale mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I well I, I remember um, uh, before Ice Cold so when I was doing What It Takes with me and Julie Black uh, three 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 young the, the HMV on Young Street. Yeah, yeah. The big I remember one. doing like an in store there, and uh, we did that. What was your question again? Your thing is like which oh, was memorable, there? memorable people. Oh yeah, it's old dirty bastard. Yeah, he. You know, like whatever your thoughts are of how you think who he is. Like you know, you might be what being able to walk into a studio session and be like, oh, this guy is. You know, you you just have a perception of how it's gonna be. He's the coolest person ever. He like sat there. And it was me, Socks, it was Big C, um, people from Virgin or whatever. Um, but yeah, like he was just so cool. Like it was just, it, it was not what you expected. It was like extra cool. And we did Suave Dirt Dogs, which is out there right now. Go and pick it up, check it out. On, um, check it out. Suave Dirt Dogs, me, Socks, and uh, ODB. Uh, it's out there right there on all platforms. You can go and check Sick. it out. We'll, put and, the, we'll add the link in the description too. Oh, so okay. Yeah. yeah. Apple, um, Spotify. Apple, Spotify, tin, Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> we know where his head's at. <laughs> Sorry. That was my Frankie Knuckles coming out right there. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, but it's out there. But yeah, I was like recording with him. It was cool. He was just such a cool dude. And, and he was just very engaging. And, you know, like I think like unless other people got that moment with him as well, I don't think that other people, if they just know him in the general, how he is in general and how you perceive him, you wouldn't see that side of him. And I'm happy that I got that chance to go and actually see that other side of him because it was cool. We sat there and worked on the track, talked about it, he called me Shah. People got mad because they were like, no, his name's not Shah. It's Shah Clare. It's like, I know what this motherfucking name is. <laughs> Shah. Shah, you okay with Shah Clare? You okay with me calling you Shah? Yeah, I'm like, cool. Okay. Yeah, stop telling me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, everything was really cool. It was a really cool guy. And um, 
that's one of the things that I, uh, you know, like I've been with Memphis Bleak, corrupt. Corrupt is like, yo, do you like this verse? I'm like, yo, corrupt. You're corrupt, bro. Like, yo, what the <laughs> Why fuck, are you asking bro? me? What the fuck, bro? You're corrupt, bro. Telecom one, two, two, one, bro. Like, whatever. Like, you know, like, I'm just like, you're corrupt. Like, whatever you're going to do yeah. is going to be dope to me, anyways. <laughs> Let's play. <laughs> and then there, look, see, then my song is playing. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Google, Siri heard us. Siri heard Siri us. heard it and <laughs> put it in. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, like, corrupt. We did this song on 9 11. That's why at the very beginning, it's like, people want to fuck with our trade center. Because we did it. I remember calling him in the morning. Me and Socks. Socks calls me in a hotel. We were out in LA. And uh, Socks calls me in the room. He's like, yo, are you looking at the TV right now? I was like, no, what's going on? He's like, yo, turn on the TV. Put it on CNN or whatever. I put it on. And that's when the whole shit was happening with uh, 9-11. So then I called Corrupt. I'm like, are you guys cool? He's like, yeah, man. Yo, let's do it. Yo, we still going. We still going. And then so me, Socks, Big C, and other label guys that were there is we were stuck in LA for seven days because all the airports yeah. shut down everything shut down so we went and we did the track with corrupt and then went to snoop dogg's house and snoop dogg we go with corrupt and uh the dj dj jams which was snoop's dj at the time and uh we go and i went to snoop's house you go over there and you yo like you're walking i'm like yo i'm going to snoop's house you walk up to the gate there's two people they patch it down make sure you got nothing i'm like wow word it's like that really <laughs> <laughs> and uh then you go into the house and everybody's playing like Madden. It would have been Madden 2003 or something. They're playing <laughs> exhibits there. The outsiders, everybody's all there. Cause and then the tour bus pulls up because they were just about to do. Uh, if you remember around that time, they were about to do this tour with the Alcoholics exhibit, Dog Pound, and uh, uh, a bunch of other guys. So everybody was over at his house, and then we're just there. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm in Snoop's house. And then I go over to Snoop's um, studio, and he has like a, like a, a park bench. And uh, it was like a plastic Fisher-Price park bench. And he just pulled out this bag of something. And he's just like, hey, yeah, so brother, so how you guys doing? You know, you guys <laughs> and, um, you know, and, yeah, you know, just because it's just steady. a one-two, and it's, everything is really one-two. And 18, 18, me 18, and 18 around the room, 18. And I'm, me and Socks were standing there, and me and Socks did one of these. We were, like, smoking, but, man, like, yo, like, yo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we had to do, like, one of those, you know, when you're leaning on a thing, and you have to do the slow roll over on the side, like, okay, I got a dip, but I don't want nobody to know what I'm leaving. <laughs> and you had to do the full rollout, whatever, and then we roll out into the room, and then it was a, a very intense game of John Madden's. Really? Uh, a football. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, you just left one intense room to another intense room, but uh, yeah, it's every situation that I've recorded with anybody. Um, those are just two of the real standouts. But uh, yeah, it's like, it's just great. Like, I can't believe I'm actually there. Yeah. I can't believe I went and saw Ice-T at his house. I can't believe I saw the girl that was on the cover of Ice-T's album. That girl on the <laughs> Power album. She answered the door. Yo, instant one, two, one, two, check out the pants. It was like, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the clip. Because she's like at the door. That's the girl. She's on the cover. <laughs> she's at the door. I'm like, I've been watching you from the Power Album. And she's answering the door and asking me if I want lemonade. I'm like, mm, like yo, I want a lot more lemonade. <laughs> and then, but one thing that Icy did tell me, and this is one great thing he always told me. He always told me, and I never forget that clip. Um, I'm sitting there. I'm talking to Icy. This is before Law and Order and all this stuff. We were just there. We we're in the middle of the Hollywood Hills, and everything is whatever. And the hills are like so, like small streets. Like they're just how they are. And he told me one thing, and I always remember. He said, "You could tie somebody up 
it was weird that he said it because he was a gangster back then. But uh, uh, you could tie somebody up, tape their mouth, tie their hands, tie their feet, do whatever, and they can still criticize you with your eyes. If they don't like your shoes, they can look at you and be like, hmm. <laughs> so you could do all of That's that. Interesting. It's so hard for somebody to give you a compliment. It's so easy for somebody to go and criticize you. And he's like, that's the easiest thing. And a lot of people will take the easy route. And I remember that. And it stuck with me every, from that point on, that was one of my greatest advices I ever got. I got it from Ice-T. That's crazy. I, yeah, I never it's realized true. that you can criticize someone with your eyes too. Like, or just you look know? at them and be like, you give them yeah, a side yeah. eye. Man, it's like, even with these masks now, everyone's wearing masks with COVID. And like, people say, oh, I don't know if someone's smiling or if they're angry. I mean, it's like, no, you can tell by someone's eyes. If someone's mad at you, you can tell if someone's happy with you or giving you those eyes. You can tell. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, exactly. I get I get those eyes. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> These eyes. <laughs> uh, I wanted That's to a add, great movie, yeah. uh, great song, but the movie reference yeah, too is great. Yeah. I wanted to ask you mentioned uh, Cardi and, and Socks a lot. How'd you meet them? Because you guys, if I'm not mistaken, kind of came up in the Toronto hip hop industry together. Yeah, well, okay, so my friend Ramon, um, we went to high school together. We went to Pope John Paul in Scarborough. And uh, he just happened to live in the same neighborhood over by uh, Port Union, uh, in the Scarborough area by Port Union. Um, he just happened to live by socks, and he would be like, yeah, I know this guy that makes music, and he's good. His name is Socrates, and whichever. And uh, this is going like 91, 2, or something like that. And uh, it was like, yeah, okay, cool. So uh, he connected us. Uh, I remember he was, um, there was a record store downtown that everybody used to buy their vinyl from, uh, play the record, and uh, uh, play the record and tracks. Play the record's still around, isn't it? It's, it's on Queen around. Street. It's, uh, no. it's on Spadina now. Spadina. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it used to be at Young, and then tracks was just up the street from uh, from them. So those are the two. There's they had the big, the big, well, that's Sam the Record Man. That's Sam the Record Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was but they were else. like, if you were like a hip hop guy or whatever, those are the, you went to those two stores. Uh, yeah, you went to those two stores on a Tuesday because they got their shipments in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you went there on those days, uh, and I always used to tell people, because I was a DJ back there, I used to DJ music, you always had to buy two copies. So they get like 100 uh, One More Chance Biggie singles. They were gone in a second. People would be there from seven. When's your shipment? And they wait. And then wow. they would be like, oh, okay, I'll pick up the record. So if me just strolling in at like 7.30... If it's there, I'm lucky. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I used to do that. And I would see Sock's record. And he was with Steppin' Bigger, which was a record company that played a record, started, which actually had Mastermind as one of the people back, Alex, Greggs, um, all these guys, they were like starting up a label. He had his own situation where he could press vinyl in the basement. We used to go in the basement of play the record and he would press it. I was actually even trying to get a record deal with them one time because Socks had one. But um, that's how I met Socks. I met him through my friend Ramon. And we just became friends, and we used to go and do um, studio sessions. He had this nice um, 89 Mustang, and uh, we would just go and drive. I didn't realize that he needed glasses. We had this Don Valley Massacre situation I almost have. I was like, yo, you can't really see. He's like, yeah, I need glasses to drive. I'm like, yo, bro, you've been driving all like, this time. <laughs> and you had no glasses, and we're driving on a thing, and you're driving like 140 on a Don Valley? Like, bro, like. Well, Don, 140 on Don Valley is unheard of. Yeah, Especially nowadays. You can't uh, go more than 80 on that thing now. Yo, that's a straight blouse con conversation. <laughs> yo, blouse, brethren, what's you doing? <laughs> but we became really good friends, and at first I was, um, uh, you know, 
paying him for beats and whatever. And then we just became friends. And um, we lived in Scarborough. We were one of the ones. Uh, Cardi and all these guys, they all lived out west, like Eglinton West and West Side. It was just me, my friend Ro Dollar. Um, we were all the ones from Scarborough. So me and him became really cool friends. And then we just started working on music and working on music. And then through him, I met Cardi. And then um, we did whatever. And then um, there was this one time where me and uh, my manager at the time, his name was Day, uh, he came up and he was, uh, I remember going and dropping tapes off at... Um, over at uh, record companies like EMI, BMG, Universal, whatever, Sony, whatever. And we were like, yeah, man, you know, no one even really pays attention. A lot of times, there's that, that one thing. Uh, who said it? DMX. I was just watching DMX where he gave his tape to Wendy Williams, and he was like, Wendy Williams drove off and just threw his tape out the truck. Like, he actually saw her throw his mixtape or whatever it was, his demo, out the window of the car. And it's in uh, it's some uh, locks, uh, Rough Rider uh, thing that's going on on BET. And uh, people would do that. They, they, you give them a tape, they just throw it in the garbage. They didn't want to hear it. And I was like, yeah, you know, like there's nobody, if you don't know anybody, there's no way that you can get in and do whatever. And I just said, yeah, we should go and just start something on our own and let's just do it. And then the manager at the time, he wasn't the manager at the time, he was the engineer. And he said, yo, are you serious about it? I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay, let's go do it. And somehow in ways, then we started Knee Deep. Me and Sox got together and Sox had father time at that time. Father Time was the song. I almost gave up on rap at that point. I like I was like I would just be behind the scene person, and we had Father Time. But at that point, you always needed a B side record. You needed something on the B side. We had no artists. We were just guys investing in something. So Shocks, you're a rapper. Do a song. Okay. So I did Twenty One Years, and so that was the B side, and that was just the B side because we needed a B side. Because that's just how it was. Yeah. Father Time was the record that we pushed, which got Sock signed to Warner Brothers, and then he was doing uh, 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 Batman um, with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, when he was Iceman. Iceman he was Man, doing Mr. Um, Mr. Freeze. He had yeah. a song called Freeze. He was doing these soundtracks for Warner Brothers, like all off of that one record. And then wow. we're like, oh man, Father Time is doing really big. And then on uh, 88.1 CKLN with DJ X one Saturday, one to four, um, this one guy, I remember I was listening to because we always listened to it. That's the only place where you would hear hip hop. And this one guy was like, uh, yeah, you know, the Father Time record is really cool, but you really, and I was sitting there listening to it. It was weird to me. You really need to check that other side of that record. That 21 years track from Shaw Claire is really good. And then DJ X was like, yeah, you know what? We really should go and give this other side whatever because it's a really good track. But Father Time was just the pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we started playing it and then it just bigged up and the song went really well. So the whole single did extremely well. And then we're like, now I'm sitting here as a record company guy, exec. Well, what do we put out next? I don't know. We ain't got no artists. <laughs> Let me, I'll record another song if we must. Let's do it. Oh, Julie Black, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. New through Cardi and whatever and we knew each other. And then it was like, yeah, we got this beat, and it's called What It Takes, and this, that. Yo, why don't you come in and go and sing on this track? Because we have nothing. We just, just needed something. And then that was my first Juno with me and Julie Black. And then we just built and built. And then it was like, well, I guess we should keep going because it, it's successful. Yeah. So let's do another song. And then we started putting out Cardi's first single, On With The Show, um, all these other records, uh, Socks is uh, California, Julie's, um, uh, what was the name of that song again? The Julie single with a rallying, rallying, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> rallying. We put that out. We put out like 17 independent singles just because we didn't know what we were doing. We were just like, we need music and we're just going to do it. Driving to New York in a green forest, green caravan. <laughs> 
six of you in the in the van. Six? What? <laughs> Seventeen. <laughs> and then that one person would fart and shit up the whole car. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, no talk about for you guys, eh? That's uh, it. No, it was not easy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then getting a hotel and there's like 17 of us packed into a nine-seater caravan. You go into New York and go into New Brunswick, New York, uh, New Jersey to pick up the vinyl, to go to Brooklyn, to go and drop it off at Fat Beats and to go to Beat Street and do all this other whatever. And that's what we did. And then just because of that, that's kind of what just helped and whatever. And then through all of that, that's how I met a lot of the guys, uh, Cardi, Julie, um, everybody like that. And then we just called ourselves the circle. They were figures of speech. I was a part of a crew called Paranormal uh, from Malvern and whatever. And uh, we were just a circle of friends and we just called ourselves the circle and that's just how it was. We were just a circle of friends and circle and we just started doing music together. And uh, and it was great because I helped put them out. Then I came out, then Cardi came out, Sox came out, Julie came out, everybody solitaire came out. And it all started just—it just started on natural friendship. That's, that's crazy. crazy. That's that, really cool. I just said the same time. Because yeah. if you think about, that's basically the start of Toronto's hip hop industry. It really kind of started th- at that point. Because before then, I unless correct me if I'm wrong, I might be too young. There wasn't much rap coming out of Toronto or hip hop coming out. There of Toronto. There was a lot of rap that would come out because they were always trying to do something. So like, um, like, uh, like who, they, who was your inspiration when you started? Well, Maestro's one. Maestro? For sure. Maestro's always going to be one. Uh, I even have it in a, in a song like uh, with him. Like I remember me, I had this, um, me, uh, I was growing up at Markham Road. A little closer. Oh, is it close? Yeah. yeah. Me and, um, me and uh, my friend, his name was Chris Poole. And he was like straight, like he was, I, like I don't know how it sounds, but he was the most Italian guy that you could be Italian guy. <laughs> Wait, was the name Chris Poole? Chris Poole. So familiar. Poole is not an Italian name. Oh, but he was definitely like that. Pooley. If he wasn't, then I Pooley was Pooleone or something. Maybe. maybe that, that was his nickname. Maybe that was his that Canadian nickname. name. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know like Sung Yung Yap is Jimmy over here. Uh, so, <laughs> but like you know, it's just that. But that was his name, you know, and uh, Jimmy was his name, uh, and he was a good friend of mine. But we used to go, and I remember he was so like he had. You know, he had the, 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 the shoe that tipped in in a point and it had the chrome front on the thing. He had the jacket off the shoulders in the back, the full Doug Gilmore mullet. He had everything going on, like everything Gino vibe, whatever. And then, so it, the funny thing was, is we were best friends. So here you got the super Gino guy coming in and then I come in looking like psh, Onyx <laughs> or something like that. And we would walk together. And one of my very first concerts was going to see Stevie B because he wanted to see Stevie B D, yeah. and Maestro at Canada's Wonderland at Kingswood Theater. So me and him went there. We had 50 bucks between the both of us and got to Scarborough Town Center and ran out of money. And then I had to call my mom and she showed up and gave us some more money. And then we went and took the GO train and we went there and I saw Maestro right there. And I tell Maestro all the time because I used to, when I grew up in Markham Road and I would see Maestro... He would just be there. You'd see all these green pathfinders, and then you would see all these dope state jackets. And I'm walking over at Markham and Eglinton, and I'm like, oh, Maestro's over there. Like, that was a big deal to me. I'm like, Maestro's right there. And whichever. And I was like, and I say it, uh, back in 89, walking on Mark- Markham Road. Oh, man, I can't even remember the lyric, but I say it. Uh, but I, I talk about Maestro, and I always tell him that, yeah, man, like, I knew you before you knew me. Like, so for the, fi- the, the, the fact that, I see him now when we're good friends like this. It's like, man, like I looked up to you. I would Tarzan Dan at the thing at the Polar Bear Express at the exhibition and they would play Backbone Slide. They'd be Backbone Slide and pour some sugar on me back to back. And I would sit there and I would just love it. There was this one guy that 
just knew how to do the running man man he did the running man for the full three minutes and 30 seconds to maestro's track just a running man he didn't break into something else he just didn't. a running man steady three minutes straight, straight th- I that's watched, a good cardio workout that's a workout eh? man yeah it was there and um so yeah so like yeah like just everybody like you know like those are the things mishimi like mishimi i had a super crush on mishimi and now that me and her are friends and you know, like if I needed to call her, I could call her. And then if I bump into her, I'm like, oh, Missy Me is here. And I'm like, man, oh, Missy, you don't understand. Man, the thoughts I had about you. But hey, how you doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, but she's very cool. And it's just really cool to be friends with these people yeah. now. And uh, so, yeah, for me, I just appreciate the art. I appreciate And it's not just hip hop. It could be any type of music. Like if I, uh, Black Velvet, what's her, what's her name? That girl. Uh, what's her name? You know that song. Alana, yeah. What? Atlanta Miles. Atlanta Miles. I bumped into Atlanta Miles. I was like, man, Black Velvet. Like, yo, how are you? And she's like, Black Velvet in a little bit. I was like, word. (laughs) (laughs) Word. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it because I'm just a fan of music. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like I don't, I don't, I don't sit there and take this stuff like lightly. I, I sit there and I appreciate the people that I interact with. Whether they're musicians, engineers, uh, producers, whatever it is, yeah, like they're all a part of what makes what I like, like music, the movies, whatever. They are a part of it, and I appreciate everybody's effort in it. And I just, I, I don't take it for granted. I'm like, yeah, I wish you could t- teach me, and they do if we get to know each other. I wish you could teach me what you know because if I knew what you knew, you know, like that would just be dope. Because I don't know how you do it, but you just do it, sway. <laughs> so, so, so who are some of the artists that you that you inspire you t- today or who are some of the artists that you like enjoy listening to today okay um this is gonna be weird um because i have a very uh different type of music taste um number one i i definitely listen to biggie biggie's number one of my number ones i've, I've always been a fan of biggie from when he came out um even up to today uh, Jay, I listen to him. That's what Nas. Yeah, you know these are like the, yeah, the ones yeah. that you kind of you would already yeah. know. But I listen to Quiet Riot and Bon Jovi and Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses and um, uh, Nirvana and Green Day and like I'm not play 180. Yeah, like I listen to everything. You know, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, fuck you. You won't do what you tell me. Like, that's like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Dan's going to kill me because I'm probably going to play it in the car later. (laughs) 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 Like, that stuff, like, that is just, like, I don't have just one. Like, somebody might ask me, like, who's your favorite artist? I can't tell you because I might like this one artist for that one song. And it might be the one song that always pops up. Uh, there's this track with Smooth the Hustler and it's called Broken Broken Language or Broken English. That's maybe the one song that I know, but like if you play it, you might think I'm I'm the biggest fan of him. I just really know that song, but I love that song. Yeah. And so it's really hard for me to pick one, but when I can, it's just a lot of times it's just, I just into artists. I just do music, whatever, you know, like yeah. even acting, like, you know, uh, uh, what's the line that uh, Denzel Washington Godzilla ain't got shit on me King Kong yeah. King Kong ain't King got shit on me yeah that's that's huge yeah like if you're in a situation and you actually figure that you could go and actually say something like that training that's, day yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a hard line like if you say that like you know that's a hard yeah. line I appreciate stuff like that so yeah, I, it's so you you appreciate like the art and the time and the talent that goes into it. So when you say like Green Day, Rage Against the Machine, like back in like you know 
not as much now, but when Green Day was big, like we grew up on that too. They were like, they were the shit. They were everywhere. Yeah. So like you can appreciate the talent and the time that goes into it. And like, so you kind of kind of, I guess you can take things from every genre, different bands, whether it's one song, their whole album, whatever it is, like you like a little bit of everything and yeah. get inspiration from it. And then, yeah. And it's, and it, and it doesn't have to just be like, uh, strictly against to like music or whatever. It could be anything. Like I like a guy that could build like a dope ass bike, you know? And I'd be there and I'd be like, man, that bike is dope. Like, I couldn't do it. So I appreciate the fact that you can do it. And, you know, if you want to give me the bike too, I appreciate that. (laughs) But, but like, I just appreciate the fact that that's your talents. That's your, that's your talent. That's your skill. And that's what you do in your craft. And I can appreciate people on their own personal craft. Like, you know, like even watching the news, like I'm like thinking, I'm like, I wonder how they memorize all their lines when they're saying that, yeah, you know, we're over here today at the white house and they have their whole script. Like, the talent for them is to remember what they need to say, their points they need to say, and what they say. Like, you know, me, I'd be over here, I'd be like, yeah, I was just chilling over there, and, you know, homie said, um, yo, he said something on the line of, uh, you know, like, I couldn't do it like they do. Yeah. So when they do it that way, I appreciate that talent. That's where their talent is. And I appreciate the talent on what people have. And, uh, I, and that's just one of my things. Is I, I, I just appreciate, because I can't do everything, and, um, but I, I appreciate what you can do that I can't do and then I hope that what people see me do something that maybe they want to do or they can't do that I can do they'll be like we like what you do yeah and uh, that's kind of like the trade-off because yeah I, like it doesn't even matter I'm just I just appreciate what you could do it's it's awesome you kind of you I you guess you like respect everyone for their craft and what they do yeah, so for sure. you know like yeah, I mean, if you if you're painting a wall or you're you know you work at a car wash or you're producing a rap album whatever it is like something you I do was is just, like I was just painting the other day yeah. I was painting it's hard, eh? Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah. yo, it sucks. Especially yeah. when you got to do the roof. Yeah. <laughs> and it drips all over. But, like, you know, but then all of a sudden, maybe, you know, uh, Francois, the painter, comes in and just, and it's done. And I'll be like, man, you did it quicker than me. Yeah. I appreciate how quick you did it. I was struggling to do it. You did it a lot faster than I could. And I would appreciate that talent. That's what your talent is, you know? Like, you're good yeah. at that. What, and I do that. What's one, thing, what's one talent that you don't have you wish you had? Oh, mm, that's a good one. There's a lot. That is <laughs> that is a good question. Well, since we're talking, I, I'm the same way. Like, the way I look at it, I appreciate If I can't do it properly or effectively, I won't do it. I'll find someone else who can because I'm not going to waste my time trying to do something that I just, I know I can't do or that I really Spend suck Spend time at. to like learn yeah, and like, like all that. You like, can learn how to do most things on YouTube yeah. now. But again, if it's going to take me three hours to do a 30 minute job, I'm not going to do it yeah. because I, I know I'm just, it's a waste of my time. I'll try. You know, yeah. I'll try. Maybe a hard 15 minutes of trying. <laughs> and then I'd be like, yo, that's not me. It takes me, it takes me 15 minutes to find the YouTube video on how to do it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. So five would be me trying. The other 10 is me looking up YouTube. <laughs> YouTube uh, and then if I can't do it, then I'm like, no, you know. Yeah, but like if somebody, but yeah. Jimmy, I need, I need some help. Yeah. No, I'll call the Italian guy, Chris Poole. Uh, you know, one of the things that I really, I really wish, um, I like music, so instrument. I wish I could play whether it's a guitar, like like infinitely like a slash from Guns N' Roses, just play the guitar or uh, uh, Alicia Keys playing the piano. Like, I wish I could do that, you know? Like, I can sort of mess with it, but I can't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even close to doing it, what they could do. Those are the things. I wish I could tell jokes like Dave Chappelle. 
Or Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. You know no, Eddie I mean? Murphy was the go with Eddie Murphy, Ron yeah. Delirious. Man. I imagine all the Robin people he Williams, brought up. He yeah. brought up the Dave Chappelle's and the Chris Rocks and the Kevin Hart's and the, oh, all those yeah. guys and uh, Tracy. Uh, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. All the, when you go and look on their old movies, you'll see the Damon, uh, the, the Wayans brothers. The Wayans brothers. You'll see them all in their old movies. They're we, all there. They, yeah. If you look back on their old Golden Child and all those old movies like that, all of a sudden you see Damon Wayans just like, you know, in the corner. It's like, yo, he's, he was there. It's oh like, yeah, yeah. We they're, saw they're Damien. Will, no, one of the da- one, uh, Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans at the uh, when in, we were in, in Mykonos and Mykonos in Greece. Oh really? Like, I'm three, never, I never forget this. I uh, honestly, I uh, we were in Greece. So I'm Greek, so we're there with a bunch of but. Oh, sorry, we're there with a bunch of like our buddies after the the summer. My sister got married. Anyways, we're down to 2016, and uh, we, like the, we're in Mykonos, we party for a few days, and we're leaving. And the day of our flight was at like 6 a.m. And the airport opens at six, or so the first flight out. We didn't sleep. It's always yeah, always the worst fight. Everyone's a zombie in the airport because in me, in like in Europe and Greece, you go out, you at go like out at like two. two in the morning. You don't come home till six because like the the parties don't start till later there. Yeah. So we got back at like six, packed our stuff, rushed to the airport. We get in and we're all like passed out, like waiting for our flight. So maybe we're all dead. Like, yeah, yeah, we're all dead. Four of us were passed out. And at one point, I'm lying across like a bench, and I open my one eye because I heard of someone talking. They're playing cards, and I open my one eye. And I was like, oh my god, it looks like the one of the Wayans brothers. So I was like, I can't be him. Anyways, I sit up and I was like, I look at Rick. I was like, he's like I'm like, is that one of the Wayans brothers? Like, I think so. So I pull out Google and I couldn't, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. I was like, probably still drunk. And I look, <laughs> I was like, probably Marlon, no, no, we were definitely still yeah, drunk. Marlon Wayans. So I was like, oh, sick. And I didn't want to bother him. I think he was with his like his girl and some buddies. They're playing yeah. cards. We get on the plane. We fly from Mykonos to Athens, like a 45 minute flight, like here to Montreal. And we get off. And as we're on the bus to go to the terminal, he's standing next to me now. And I can, I, we must have stunk like booze. He probably looked like shit. And I hear him say, on. I hear him say, we get off the bus and right in my ear, I can kind of hear him talking like the girls. Like, see, he's like, that's why we should, I said, we don't go out the last night because then you look like these guys. <laughs> Something to that degree. And I turn around, I was like, do we look that bad? He's like, yeah, you guys look rough. Yeah. And I like thought, all right, man, cool. That's kind of all I said to him, but we had a little laugh and, uh, yeah, yeah he's a nice guy. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, but that, but that exactly going right back to the point. It's like, I just appreciate people that can do stuff that I can't. Yeah. You know, like there's people that can do math better than me. And I'll be like, yo, give me the square root of pi because I need to divide uh, this piece of paper and, and whatever. And I need to go and measure how I'm going to put the TV in the middle of the something. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, five plus five and divided by two in a uh, square root of a nothing and something. And they, figure it out. and they figure it out. I appreciate that because yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. You know, like I, I do math like in a weird way in my own head. I, I visualize blocks and figure it out. Uh, you know, like the one thing is that I was, I'm, I'm good at is like English and understand. I can read between the lines between anything. Like, okay. you know, if you if somebody says something, I can be like, they meant something with that line right there. Yeah, I, can yeah. tell, I can tell whatever. That's my part of my talent. Maybe that's probably why I'm a songwriter and writer. So you're like a linguist. Like you like you know, you understand words. Yeah. And all yeah. that. A lot of writers have to be. Right? Yeah. You yeah. You can tell. Like I could I could literally like sit there and hear somebody say something and be like and know if they're shading you. This or is what he might he might have said you did a great job on that track, but you know what he really meant. But I could tell yeah. from tone and this and that and however whatever you can tell. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so they- I could tell with that. But uh, uh but other things. So at, at the end of the day, it's uh, the main thing is just I appreciate anybody for whatever their talent. If you can go and sit there and hook up my I had a good friend named Nick and uh, he used to be able to fix up my car if I had something to use. I had a, a like a slow leak in my tire and he's like, Oh yeah, let's go and get this um whatever you call it and you pump some something in the tire and it <laughs> it sealed it up and he's like it'll last you for a good six weeks but you need to change the tire. Shoot, that's great because 
you know you couldn't do it on your own yeah, yeah i'd just be driving on flat trying to go and figure <laughs> it out for like the next six weeks yeah <laughs> you know so i appreciate people's talent on what they do and, well, and stuff they do i'm gonna steal one of rick's questions here what's a secret talent that that you have that people wouldn't know you had or is there something that somebody like if i look you up on wikipedia i can probably find a lot of stuff you like mm-hmm. or do and like you know so write up on you what's something that people wouldn't know that that like you can do or that you like that you like it's a Ricky question, eh? That's a good Ricky one. Well, we're talking about how you appreciate talent. Yeah, so like, I figured if you have any, anything like... I think uh, one of the things that I can say and will say, uh, when I'm on, if I'm not on, then I'm probably not as good, but I'm a charmer. Like, Okay. I, I'm trying to say this in the right way. Um, <laughs> you do well without, with, without, the, with getting trouble, without getting in trouble. Without getting in trouble. Uh, when I'm on, when I'm good and whatever, and other people, I'm good at with uh, with um, females mind sexing them. Okay, okay I like it. I okay. like it. You know, like I don't, you know, like I, I don't know what it is, like because I don't know what it is. I'm good at that, and then maybe that's just I just because I generally just what are you saying? What are you thinking? Yeah. And then maybe it's because they want somebody to listen and whatever. I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not saying I'm like Fabio over here with the hair blowing in the wind <laughs> or something like that. Oh, um, no, that's Chris. That's but, Chris. Uh, but like I can listen and sit there and then they'll be like, Oh my gosh, like I really, Oh, you paid so much attention. And I'm not even trying. Yeah. Now that makes me seem like but no, now it that, comes that, natural. that gives me, yeah. as I say it, that gives me the cape with the wind blowing and the hair blowing at the same time. I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to say I'm like the, you know, the Don Juan of everything, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I get that a lot. I love like, it. Yeah, I love it. Just be like, yeah, you know, like you, 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 you listen well. Mind, yeah. You enter my mind because I'm generally interested in what you got to until I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. I'm generally interested in what you got to no. say and I want to figure out what you're saying. Well, yeah. And that's it. Yeah, and even with this podcast, it made us such better listeners because when sure. we have our guests on, when we first started, we used to be it was always question answer question answer question answer. It was very interview style. Mm-hmm. Then we decided we wanted we don't want it to be an interview. We want it to be a conversation. So by asking certain questions, we have to listen to what they say. And then from there, decide what we want to ask next. It's not right. like, okay, you know, this is the question we want to ask. Then you don't have a po- bullet points yeah, of questions yeah. and, and you just like, run through oh, Some it. of our guests will ask us, like, oh, can you send us the questions? I'm like, we don't have any. We're going to talk about, you know, your career, what you do, some of your hobbies, or your, maybe traveling, this and that. But we don't have set questions. So because of we don't have set questions and we play off the conversation and we listen and we ask questions based on the answers That's we're the given. best way, too. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, ma- it makes it more natural, too, but it's made me such a better conversationalist. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. Good word, Rick. Yeah, there we go. There New word go. of the day. <laughs> word of the day. Word of the conversationalist. So, yeah, it makes us a better conversationalist because now when I'm out and I'm chatting with friends, like, I'll go to a party and I'll be like, okay, you know what? Tell me something about you that most people don't know. And yeah. they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. She's like, don't you want to know my name? Or like, it'll be a guy, too. It doesn't matter. I just want to talk to people yeah. and say, Okay, you know what? What's a hidden talent you have? Right. Or what's something you wish you knew how to do? Or what's something that you wish you could tell your younger self or whatever it is? You know what the greatest thing is uh, for me is like um, before the whole lockdown, whatever, but before everything locked down and whatever, I would always, I would go to, I don't know, if it's a Jack Astor's or Boston Pizza or whatever, like whenever there's a game night, Raptors, Leafs, Mm-hmm. Wait, sorry. Are you a big Raps fan? Leafs yeah, fan? Oh, I'm, oh. I'm everything Toronto. Ah, heck yeah. That's my that's yeah. my guy. <laughs> I'm Leafs, Raptors, Blue Jays, TFC, Argos, everything. Argos, Same everything. here, man. Yeah. That's it. I love if it. If they're not playing like right now, uh, I need to get a bit more into the Blue Jays because I think the Jays are actually doing a little bit. Yeah, they might make good. the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Wild card. But like yeah. right now, 
like whatever's going on in the NBA right now, the Raptors not. I, I, yeah, yeah, he was interested. Yeah, yeah. it's gone. You know, uh, uh, sorry, hockey. Boston Pizza, Jack Astors. You were saying, yeah, and um, yeah, like so. But I'll go and I'll go and I'll um, I'll just meet some random dude sitting at the bar, like you know, like somebody else that's there just to watch a game. Because I'll just go to watch a game. I'll never see this guy ever again. But for the the time frame of the game, we're like the best, best friends. friends. He's buying me a shot. I'm buying him a shot. We're both drinking. We're talking. We're laughing and this and that and commenting, yelling at the TV and everything. And then the game's over. It's like, all right, man, I might see you around sometime. Yeah, okay, I'll see you around. Whatever. People never see that guy ever again. But like that moment You're is boys. Cool. We're boys, and I like that because then I learn from him because yeah. he's going to teach me something, say something that you know maybe he's a truck driver and drives you know ten hours a day going from you know from Tennessee to Ohio or something like that, and he could tell me what, and I, I appreciate that. And those tells you good things. food places along the way or something. Yeah, if I remember doing, if I'm ever doing his route, yeah, way, <laughs> be like, oh yeah, when you stop off in Virginia, go to Wilma's, you know, <laughs> chicken house or something, chicken house yeah. or something. Like that. I'll be like, oh, if I'm actually there, I'll be like, yeah, I remember this guy told me that. Uh, but like, we're, um, yeah, like it's just a good, it's just a good situation, and 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 those are the things I just like people, you know. Yeah. Are, are they ever shocked when they like you sit down with them at the end? You're like, oh, by the way, like here's my name, like this is what I do. They're all like, oh shit, man, I know who you are. Uh, sometimes, yes, uh, there that that does happen. Um, I'll talk with people. And uh, maybe because they don't expect it to be that way or I look different because I grew a beard or something like that. And they'll be like, holy cow, my friend just told me you were shocked there. I was like, yeah, I've been talking to you for like an hour and a half. I had no idea. It's like, oh, you're really cool. I thought you would be like all sort of glimity and glamity and doing all this, yeah, whatever you're doing. Too cool for school kind of Yeah. Thing. And they're like, no, I'm like, yeah, we were sitting there and we were talking about. You know, that throw to first sucked. Yeah, you know, like, yo, throw it. Put some muscle behind that throw. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what we're talking about. And we don't talk about anything that has to do with anything. Like, one thing I like to sh let people know is, like, you know, as much as I love doing music, I love doing music. And I love the life of doing this and everything like that. that that's not my life. Like, I'm when I'm not behind the mic or I'm not on a stage, I'm a completely different person. I'm a guy that just enjoys simple things in life. I like good company. I like whatever. I'm getting used to a lot of things. Like this year, I went ice fishing. i never been ice fishing. Yeah, I was ice fishing. Like, what the hell? Where'd you, where'd you ice fishing? Do you go to Lake Simcoe? At, uh, no, up at Temperance Lake, up in, uh, Temperance Lake up in uh, Athens. Shoot, I was driving a car on a frozen lake. No, nobody from Scarborough does that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing it. There we go. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I do that, you know, and I'll go and whatever. Like I'm just regular. Like once I'm not in the, like I'm only that guy because that's who I am. That's my business. And that's what I do. Like if I'm selling you a car, then I'm Joe, you know, Joe Toyota and I'm selling you a car. <laughs> Joe Toyota. It's a good name. Actually, <laughs> Joe Toyota. That's going to be your alias. When you meet guys in bars. Hey, I'm Joe Toyota. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a car Wait. salesman from Wait, Scarborough. You're not Joe Toyota. You're Shaw Claire. Yeah. But yeah, but like then I'm doing that. But when I'm not selling you cars, I'm like just a guy, whatever. Yeah. And that's what I like because then I get to actually meet people onto something and it makes me become a better person because I get to relate with people on a real level and relate with people and, and um, you know, they, they get to know me because at some point, like, you know, there'll be people like, oh yeah, like I forget and I, and I apologize for anybody out there that I remember but forget. So I know it's a one, two, one, two, but if I remember you and forget you, uh, I still love you. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, but like 
I'll forget, but then we'll be like, oh, I remember we were talking about, I don't know, the Macy's parade. Parade, yeah. And we would probably be talking about the Macy's parade for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Because I would just interact with somebody and just have that type of discussion and that would be what we're talking. And we're not talking about music or anything like that. We're not doing anything. Like when I'm not on stage, when I'm not in the booth, then I'm Clark Kent. Yeah. No, Joey Toyota. I'm Joey. That's it. Hey, next time we got to book a hotel, that's the alias now. Eh? <laughs> I'm Joe Toyota. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually funny because like that that you know I mean maybe it's not like a hidden talent per se, but it kind of is because a lot of people I find uh, you know that that interact with people. When you sit at a bar, you go to a restaurant by yourself, whatever, even with your buddies. Like you, and never I go really by myself. I, I'm solo. I just walk in there. By I'm myself. like you. I'm, I'm the same. I'm, like I'm the same way. way. Actually, yeah. like when I when that changed me was when I started that, that year traveling. I was like I go sit in restaurants by myself, and it, to the point is like it's not. I, Maybe it's not a dead art, but a lot of people won't just like sit down and say, hey, what's going on? Because most people, yeah. you know, when you're by yourself, you put your phone out, read an article, scroll through social media. It's something to keep yourself busy so it doesn't seem like you're like lonely. But I honestly think that like some of the coolest interactions, the stories you meet, just you sit down and you say hi to somebody and who knows where it comes from. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then, and then you know, you don't have to spark up and have like a 20-minute conversation. It's really, it's like, you're there, you're here. Okay, I'm on my phone and it's here. Oh, you know what? Guess what? Um, you know, Lowry just hit a great three. Oh, great. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, he should keep doing it. And then all of a sudden, the conversation starts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you you're, you and him are just commenting on the game. And then, you know, I don't know. Next you know, you're eight drinks deep together. Yeah. yeah. Like, Leafs, <laughs> Raptors won. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the Raptors win. He's telling me about his daughter. Hit a, that, hit a home uh, run. Yeah. <laughs> his daughter that doesn't go to school every day or something like that like all of a sudden we get into like a whole bunch of situations yeah. yeah yeah but you know and it's but i will never see that guy again ever but that moment in time was amazing you know like i i won't know his name i'll just remember i'll just remember the essence the of a conversation the essence of everything i was at wild wings and this guy came up and we were watching the raptor games we cheered we had like four shots and uh he bought me a beer and then i left and see you soon sometime yeah. and i've never seen him ever again have you ever bumped into anybody that you've met like have you met someone at a bar or this like on a one not like yes uh it was this one girl and she was hitting on me all night <laughs> and i was trying not to be there and she was a little tipsy and we all were uh you know but you know she would you know when they just put your hand on your knee or they grab your your, yeah. your little your little roll on the side here or something like that <laughs> And uh, and then I saw her again, and then uh, but she was with like I don't know, it was weird, but I don't know. We waved, like yeah. we knew it was like oh, we didn't knew, acknowledge yeah, each you knew other what like it was, that, yeah. But we were like, I know you, like it all in the eyes. I know you, you know me. It goes back to the beginning. Yeah, you could tape someone up, tie them up, but you can tell, you can make contact yeah, with the eyes. eyes. And that was it. It was like I I remember you grabbing my rolls. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, oh, yeah, I grabbed your rose. But it just sucks that I'm, I'm with my husband of 25 years or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you were having an off night, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of joking on that. I don't know if it was her husband of 25. But, like, I just, yeah. I just remember. Like, you just remember him. You're like, I know you. I know you. Where? Where? I don't know. But then you see and the eye connects. And, it's like, and it connects. I, yeah, we know eyes, each other. Eh? And those yeah, eyes. So, um, but, then that's, but that's great, too. Yeah. Because then now you're like, oh, yeah, I remember. Like, you have... It's just like a cool vibe. It's like you just have that situation. It's like, yeah, I was over at this bar and I met this person and I now have some type of, you're, you influenced my life in some way. Mm. You know, like whether it's through, just through a that connection, kid, yeah. You know, yeah, whether it's whatever you said or that small little something, but I just, I remember you. 
you know and yeah. um so if i remember if i didn't remember you you had no influence if i remember you then you had some type of impact of well, well, we hope you remember us. Oh, I always gonna remember. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> this is good. I actually have one more I want to ask because yeah. I think we're kind of like we're nearing the point where we get to. But um, besides hidden talents like hobbies, so you like when you're out, obviously interacting the social side. Do you do anything else? Do you do you bike? Do you golf? Do you like like you have anything that you do to kill time that you really like? Read? I don't know. Um, Even yeah. like what you do during COVID. One of those. Uh, I'm a I'm a game. I'm a gamer. So I play my Xbox. Um, I, um, I was weird because Dan's over there and I was, I like, I, um, I tell him like, I, I play games weird differently because I play games when I play video games, the way the game moves, like the, the, the gameplay, I relate it to lyrical flow. So like if you're watching, if you're playing like NBA 20, if the game moves so smooth that, you know, they do the, the, the you know, like you're crossing someone over or whatever. I don't know how it relates to me. It just does. Is that that reminds me of a flow. It's like the way that ball went between that guy's legs um, in a video game. Um, to me, it's like when I'm going to do a flow, it needs to flow like that ball went between this guy's legs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's a weird thing on my on my own side, um, but I do that and like and almost with everything. So like video games pass my time. So I watch movies, um, and sometimes I just hang out, like just do random stuff, like whatever it is, like ice fishing or. Ice fishing's a good one. Yeah. That's a yeah. good one. Something. The comment you make, no one's from Scarborough drives on a <laughs> frozen lake with a car. So that's good. That's a good one. Yeah, and then and yeah, and then we just it's so like. Even my recreation time, in a way, just because I'm passionate about what I do. So you never really like, like if you're a painter, you, you, you go outside. If it's a nice sunny day, you're going to look at something that's going to relate to a painting. It's like with me as a writer and a songwriter and uh, a song creator, everything relates to me in a way of music creation. Um, how you walk, you know, like... If you're about to trip and you caught yourself like before you fall and you like you know you tripped over and you picked yourself up or whatever that's a lyric to me not necessarily i'm not talking about the line like oh trip and fall and come back up no it's how you did it and how you reacted and then it becomes the mechanics become a flow to me and then i'll be like so if you're tripping you're like up up, up. i'll be like walking up on the spot then i trip and bounce back but up Bend back up in the t- like you know what I mean yeah, the yeah. rhythm of it the flow like yeah yeah, yeah. The, yeah the flow yeah. It, it, it so I I put That's it cool. into that it's so um but so I've come to go and understand that I want to go and like make sure I do more things like that because number one I just enjoy it yeah. and because I don't believe like I I think that there, there needs to be like that one thing like you know like Scarborough man don't do that no you know what you might like actually sitting there and hugging a panda like it might just be cool you yeah. know like nobody hugs a panda if there's a panda in it, it's nice. <laughs> Hug the panda. <laughs> You're saying I do more it. stuff like out do of your comfort zone. Get out it. there and try yeah, things. Yeah, because then it, it relates. It's just for me directly. It relates directly into the way I flow. Yeah. Uh, because I will see like, you know, like if I ever hugged a panda, I would figure out a flow to explain how I'm hugging 100%. a panda. Hug your panda. Like a, a, it seems so sick. I would love to hug a panda. Like a flow <laughs> is definitely coming out of that ice fishing experience. Oh, yeah. And, there, and there's a lot. And um, <laughs> I've, I've really been really um, uh, not to for, stroke for my Scarborough man to drive on a frozen lake ice fishing. Yeah, yeah. frozen lake ice fishing. Yeah, pull out the carp. Like, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> pull out the carp. <laughs> oh, man, it's too funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask, what's, what's next for you? 
Uh, there's a lot. I want to get into acting a lot. I want to go and do. Um, I think that uh, there's a nice uh, story. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. Um, I want to do a biography. Um, I want to get into the movies, but I also want to. Um, I want to promote other people, you know, like uh, new artists and stuff. Like you know, like the people that keep me keep me hunger people that keep me hungry you know like you see these new guys come in you're like oh my gosh these guys are doing whatever and then whichever and then they'll come up to you and be like oh shocks like yo i've been listening to you and then they make you feel old i've been listening to you since i was in grade eight i was like yo don't say that <laughs> <laughs> go over there <laughs> go over there yeah, <laughs> but, uh, time out yeah you know but like but those that's the stuff and then whichever and then they make you hungry and i just want to continue to do things um just stuff that people aren't used to like something different, like, you know, like everybody might think, okay, yeah, he's going to start a record company or he's going to do this. No, you know what? I want to go and open up a new skydiving, indoor skydiving place. I want to create insurance for artists. So like if you lose your voice, you know, like you have an insurance situation, like, you know, like, oh, I can't make the show. Oh, they're going to take my money or whatever. Oh, you got insurance. I want to do stuff like that. You yeah, know, like something different, something different, but something that benefits the, as they call us now, whatever gig workers and, you know, self-employed people, like people that don't have a nine to five, but they work every day and they have to actually work and do their own hustle to go and make whatever they need to make by the end of the month. Like they actually have to go and do it. And then because of that, like you don't get like EI or this or that or whatever, yep. you know, so you don't get all those, which is great for everybody that does get it because they pay into it and they deserve it and they should get it and they should not cut it at all. I'm not doing, saying anything like that, but right for people like ourselves, you know, like if we don't, if nothing happens, we don't go to work. Like we don't get EI. If I don't work, I don't make anything. You know, I have to work. And for people like that, I would like to go and, you know, set up a system that looks out for these people. You know, like a, an insurance plan for people that just are self-employed and do stuff. Like, you know, like really taking the thing. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a little bit in too deep, but these are things that I think about. Yeah, yeah. You know, awesome. like I, I think about that. I'm like, you know, like uh, if Socrates, if something was, if he broke his leg and couldn't do his show, where does he go? Yeah, you know, there should be a situation and a system that's set up because he has whatever, and there should be a plan that goes and figures it out. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I want to do it and put it together and make that, you know, dental plan. Like, yo, you know, there's an artist dental plan should go through SoCan. There should be an artist medical plan. There should be an artist um, whatever. Like, these are things that I think. Yeah, yeah. Something you can help. It's kind of for the betterment of the industry and the people, and like help people give yeah. back to them a bit. Yeah, because well, imagine, look what happened. Like. I remember uh, what me and Dan, we were like sitting there planning everything in March. Like we were like the beginning of March. We like had like six shows lined up. We had my birthday was coming up and this is coming up. We're about to do this, this, that, that May 8th. Everything shut down. So now what do I do from March to August? You know, like, you know, if there wasn't something that I was able to go and work out with, if I was like another artist and that's my situation, even if I was a cover band, like imagine if I was a Tina Turner or a Def Leppard cover band, and that's where I make my bread. What are you doing between March and there? True. Yeah. There should be a situation that sits, sets it up between the artist community. I don't know, you know exactly what it is. I'm, I'm still thinking about it. But like, you know, these things, these are things that people don't think about because everybody thinks they're going to go and be a super artist and be rich forever and tattoo their face and like they, they never <laughs> have to work at Walmart or whatever. You can't work at Walmart with, you know, like with teardrops and a whole bunch of you know, you know, the bitches yeah, 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 we know bitches you know. shade on the front of your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going to get a job? 
but that, but that's how they believe, right? Yeah. And then that's great because they have that ambition and they think that that's they don't need to do anything. But those are things that we should actually be setting up because if something happens, if there's something happens and everything shuts down, there's at least something and uh, the structure is what needs to go and do uh, and be dealt with and then but there's at least something for people that do this type of work like you know like yeah yeah, no. yeah. interesting very interesting yeah you can't but you can't build a fence without the wood if i buy the wood what am i going to do with the wood i don't need it i yeah. bought it for you build a fence but yeah you gotta you gotta find someone to build you gotta find someone who's good at building a fence appreciate that talent yeah. joe fence builder yeah shot yeah. um, claire this has been awesome man this is a great conversation yeah. uh and we've always got two questions we we always ask every one of our guests before we start to wrap up and you kind of almost touched upon it um so mine is if there was a movie about your life who would you want to star as you Ooh. could be anybody from any point in time oh geez who would i want to be me Okay, the guy's got to be like a bombshell because I want all the girls to like him. <laughs> because in that way, they'll... No, nah, well, the directors, they would write you good, don't worry. No, I know, but You'd have like, charm, you'd have charm. If everybody, like, if, uh, if, if it was, let's just say, whoever it was, if they're playing me and all the girls are like, oh my gosh, he's so hot, I'd be like, yeah, that's me though, bitch. <laughs> Actually, I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> uh, but it would be like, that's me. So I would like that. Um... I don't know, to be honest. I, you know, just somebody good and somebody that would go, I, I would be more interested in the story. I would just okay. want the story to be good, okay. you know, and, um, and, and be accurate and, and whichever. Uh, but yeah, but if it's, if it's um, a hot guy that makes I, all the girls like me. I've more. got a good one for you, Georgie. I think you might know who I'm thinking about. I, yeah. Ibris Elba. Oh, no, I was going to yeah. say that. I just saw him recently in the office. I don't know. You have like, oh, oh. like a Dave Chappelle type vibe. Yeah. Uh, yeah people did <laughs> say oh, that. Kevin Garnett a bit. Yeah, Kevin Garnett, yeah. yeah. But Dave but Chappelle, I, I you're like, the way you kind of talk and you're flowing the way you think about things, it kind of has that, like, you give off that impression a little bit. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just go Ebers but You want that good-looking, charming dude that's... Yeah, I don't want to... Like, yeah, I don't want the, you know, somebody that everybody... <laughs> it, it, actually, I won't say it because it was going to be really bad. I don't want <laughs> that's to, okay. But I don't want that guy to be... Version, yeah, the yeah but version. I want, you know, somebody that will tell the story. The story needs to be nice. And, uh, yeah, if it's, a, if it's a handsome gent and the girls like it and they think it's me... Then when they see me, hopefully I'm, uh, you know, I, you know, I put the, I wipe the brow and I, and I look all right. And uh, they're going to be like, yeah, you were really hot in that movie. I was like, yeah, that was Denzel. But um, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, all right. I got, well, we got one last one. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? To my younger self? Yep. Um, hmm. I think I already gave it to myself. Number one would be believe in yourself. Don't give up. Um, things, things, you know, you go through stuff and uh, you got to always, nobody's going to believe in you more than you do. So if you don't show off the fact that you believe in yourself, then what you give to other people, if you give that uh, image or thing of like not being strong, then people will take you in that way. So if you give off, and not arrogant, because there's a difference, right? So um, if you give off like you're confident and you're a confident person and this and that, then people take you as that. You know, like when I did the track with ODB, he just was ODB. Like there was no, like I couldn't try and put him in a box. He, he came with the box and the tape on top. Like he was ODB. That's the package. I can't change that. So if I show up in a way of 
how I feel, how I should be presented. Uh, and this is for the, the, the new cats and the younger cats coming up. If you come in like how you're... So if you come in like thinking you're a gunslinger or an asshole or a prick or something like that, then everybody's going to take you to that. And they're going to think you're an asshole or a prick or something. If you come in and you're confident and you're nice and you're good, um, I, I'm a big person on, uh, I, I believe in manners. Yep. You know, like, you know, like you, you never, uh, unless they tell you so, you never address an older woman by their first name or last name. Or you always misses so-and-so. Yeah. Like it's just how it's that's just yeah, how it I manage it. Yeah, that's it. if she said, Oh no, just call me Sarah. Jody, yeah. Then you you know. So I just think is that it's just have confidence in yourself. Always listen to people. Don't be afraid to take criticism. Uh even however you take it. Even if you don't want to take it at that one moment, like if you don't want to take that criticism, you could be like, oh, no, no. but then on the next day, let it soak in. Think about it again, you know, and take it in. And then you take it in and whatever and better yourself. The main thing is just to always try to better yourself. And nobody's expecting you to be number one because nobody's number one. Everybody's number But you should be number one to yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and those are the things that I think for new artists. And do yourself. Don't copy. Because if you're copying what's ever there, you're following a trend. By the time your stuff comes out and you're on that trend, that trend has changed. And it's something. So now you're lagging behind. Be the person that creates new stuff. And maybe creates a trend or just you're just even in the float you know what i mean yeah. but like believe in yourself and do that have confidence in yourself listen and be nice to people uh you know treat people how you want to be treated and you, you'll find that like you know give yourself a great reputation don't be an asshole yeah. really don't be an asshole everybody hates assholes yeah you know assholes are full of shit <laughs> i love it that was a great line there's a lot of a lot of good points on that and i think that that's a good way to, to start wrapping it up but shot claire you've been amazing this is a great conversation and uh if uh, if our listeners want to hear more about you what you're doing and uh, how can they find you uh, you can find me on Instagram, Shockler Official, Facebook, Shockler Official, YouTube, Shockler Official, Twitter, just Shockler. Um, we have a new song. We just shot the video. Um, we're um, actually, uh, we just finished uh, doing some touch ups to it. It's called Backdraft. It's me and Classified. Me and Classified have an EP together okay, um, that's coming out. So we did Hurt Everybody that came out in November. Um, then we had to pause because we were going to release it in March, but then all this other stuff came, so we had to pause. So right now we're picking it back up. We just shot this really, really dope video by Lee Solo, um, and uh, he shot it, and it's uh, called Backdraft, and that's going to be coming out at the end of the month. And then Perfect. we have another one. So I have like a seven-song EP about Amazing. to come up with class, and then I have my own album that's coming out right afterwards. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. we'll definitely wow. share everything on social media for sure and we'll tag you and everything so hopefully the the followers can can find you yeah, and listen. Show some love yeah show some love yeah, but uh sure. other than that you've been awesome uh yeah yeah and, man this is dope this is awesome thanks for joining yeah, us no, dope. Yeah, thanks I appreciate for having me yeah appreciate yeah. you coming in the studio and uh we'll make sure we come check out one of your shows coming up absolutely definitely uh the next time we're going to do some stuff in the city you guys make sure you guys come out uh make sure you have nothing to do the day after because oh, it'll, yeah. be a, it'll be a late wake up yeah <laughs> uh, so uh, but uh come on out and let's uh yeah, let's go and do it up. We'll have a great time. We always have a great time. And our vibes are just always on. It's always on a level up. Yeah. It's always good times. We don't do negative. Good, good vibes only. Only good vibes only. I love it. I That's love it. it. <laughs> All right. I guess on that note, signing off. Peace, Peace. guys. Cheers. Peace. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain And I don't remember all of my mistakes And every I got alone no one thing You're not alright, I'm not alright